Hi, welcome to Little Pieces Club Ministries podcast. My name is Chris Polad. I'm known as Mr. Chris to the kids at Little Pieces Club Small Groups. I am a Bible nerd, a child of divorce, an author, and I created Little Pieces Club Ministries around the idea that when our hearts break, God can still make works of art from the broken pieces. I run small groups for children and teens and consult with and support parents. I also give lectures and seminars on request. The content centers around the science of adversity, abuse and neglect, or ACE science, and how biblical design patterns harmonize with it. We are non-doctrinal and base our teachings on uh, biblical scholarship. And along the way of this path, I discovered that Jesus' story, wrapped in the design patterns of the Good Shepherd and Tree of Life, help us process, grieve, forgive, and reintegrate our souls after trauma and relational toxicity. This helps us grow strong in solitude and community, and leading us and helps us love God, self, and others, which happen to be the most important blessings we can experience and give. The podcast is geared to help parents understand their children's point of view and to be a good shepherd and tree of life through the hard times. You can connect with us at www.littlepiecesclub.com. You can send us an email at littlepiecesministries at gmail.com and then follow us on socials at um, LPC Ministries for Instagram, at Club Pieces on Twitter, and at Little Pieces Club on TikTok. We also have a YouTube video uh, channel uh, to look at all of our small groups and the videos that accompany the podcasts. We also have a Facebook site as well. So now let's get into the uh, this week's episode. And this week we are talking about the Good Shepherd, which is something that I mentioned last week. So we are taking a deep dive into this idea that runs throughout the Bible of the Good Shepherd and seeing how it applies to parenting before, during, and after divorce. But as always, context matters. So as we start today's pod, I just want to set the stage. So remember last week we were talking about the different attachment patterns, and I had mentioned the Good Shepherd so that we understand how the Bible and how Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit is trying to form attachment with us. So that is what prompted today's deeper dive into the Good Shepherd. And the metaphor that we are dealing with as well is this journey from lost sheep to rescued sheep to shepherd and then good shepherd and then tree of life. And the other thing to watch for, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this though, is the fact that there are bad sheep and bad shepherds uh, that we can watch out for. And finally, one of the hallmarks, uh, hopefully one of the unique aspects of this ministry for now, is that it uh, holds uh, modern adversity science together with ancient biblical uh, scholarship. And so that's uh, what we are committed to doing is uh, that that is to uncover the synergy between the modern science and the deep biblical design patterns that exist. And so the Good Shepherd is one of those patterns that I firmly believe is one of the main patterns 
that if we tune into it, we can see it uh, act, active in our world and in our lives. So as we get to know Jesus, the Good Shepherd, we can look at all seven I am statements made by him in the Gospel of John. Many of these statements tie to the Good Shepherd pattern and then also uh, a few to the tree of life. We're going to go through these one at a time today, uh, but it confirms how crucial these metaphors are for understanding God's character expressed to us through Jesus. And we see what he wants us to become as well. So remember, Jesus was a seed that must die to be resurrected. And that was in John 12, 24. And then Jesus made the thousands sit down to eat bread and fish. So with this, we, um, we want to remember as we go through verse by verse the um, Good Shepherd Psalm 23, that when the Good Shepherd uh, causes the sheep to um, lay down after a meal has been had, that that metaphor is playing out in a good amount of the narrative about Jesus. And so we also want to watch for a connection to grief, evil, and dark valleys, which is so needed in our lives. So first of all, what is or who is the Good Shepherd? So we look at modern biblical scholarship to answer this question and who we turn to at Little Pieces Club Media for the foundation of the biblical context is the Bible Project, which was co-founded by Tim Mackey and John Collins. And the reason I do this is because I need a very accessible resource for my following um, for people that follow Little Pieces Club uh, Ministries, because I am not a scholar. I am a pediatrician, uh, but I want to make sure that I point you to very good resources. And then today we are going to be focusing on Kenneth Bailey. He published the book called The Good Shepherd, A Thousand-Year Journey from Psalm 23 to the New Testament. This book profoundly changed my Christian worldview. It's primarily a scholarly book, but the ideas enhanced my biblical worldview so much, and it has permeated through Little Pieces Club Ministries as I have put materials out. As I have experienced so many times, as I seek deeper and deeper biblical context, it made much of the biblical experience come alive for me. So we will be reading uh, verse by verse through Psalm 23, and what you're going to be hearing is my synopsis of what Kenneth Bailey put together. And I just want you to understand, he is a, a Presbyterian minister and scholar and taught in the Middle East for um, anywhere. I think he lived there for 70 years and taught for 50 and so he experienced firsthand the depth of the idea of the Good Shepherd and could see it in living color um, everywhere he went. And so then he was able to um, express and take a deep dive into this metaphor and trace it all the way through thousands of years of biblical history. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, I will read the verse from the Bible, 
but then what you'll what you will hear me do is um, uh, expand upon it with uh, Dr. Bailey's commentary. So the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus, who was called Lord by his disciples, and in one of his I am statements, he told us he is the good and true shepherd. In the Middle East, a good shepherd has a reputation across the land for wisdom and exquisitely expert care of his flock. We can decide if we want him as our shepherd. He gives us this choice. So next, I will not be in need. This passage tells us that the Good Shepherd will make sure our bodies, hearts, souls, and minds, everything that we are, will have everything we need, including safety. Can you feel your heart desiring a shepherd like this? So when we permit Jesus to become our shepherd, our bodies, hearts, souls, and minds, everything that we are, will have everything that it needs. He lets me lie down in green pastures. Jesus will lead us to places of plenty where we can eat our fill, both in body and spirit, and then lie down and rest, knowing that we are safe with him. Is there a deep place within you that longs for this kind of shepherd? Next, he leads me beside quiet waters. He has the power to make the chaos and evil storms. You can reference Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25 of this world to be quiet and still so that we can take in the living water that he offers without fear. His water will become a fountain inside us, bringing in eternal spiritual life to all who believe. And you can read John seven, thirty-seven through 39. When he speaks, we will hear and know his voice. He will call us personally and we can follow his voice to the water he has specially prepared for us to drink. Sheep are too afraid to drink from moving waters. Middle Eastern good shepherds must create pockets of quiet water, and they call the sheep to it. He restores my soul. The full context of Jesus' story and the living water he offers can restore our fractured and disintegrated and traumatized souls so that we can have an abundant, joy-filled, and fully integrated life. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. Jesus knows our souls intimately. He knows we wander and get lost along roads of evil and pain. He leaves the whole flock to come find us and rejoices when he does. Lost sheep gladly rest in the arms of the rescuing shepherd when he picks them up to carry them back. Jesus then shows us the right and loving paths that lead through the door of the kingdom of heaven. There we all can find forgiveness for our for ourselves, for God, and for others. For the sake of his name, all that the good shepherd does will happen not for our glory, but for his. Therefore, others will be drawn to his love and call out to be rescued as we can be. While he knows each of us intimately, we understand that he is a shepherd for all. And those 99 sheep that he left to find the lost sheep They celebrated when they knew that he was going out to find the other lost sheep. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, while we can hope in the shepherd, we are passing through a terrifying place that reminds us of death, suffering, and pain. Jesus, through his own suffering, death, and resurrection, which he freely chose to endure out of loyalty to the Father, 
can lead you through this place of confusion, sadness, and anger, which can be directed at God, yourself, and others. Jesus says he lays down his life for his sheep. So remember how this connects to the process of grieving. I fear no evil, for you are with me. With Jesus leading us, we do not need to fear the evil done to us, nor must we fear the part of us that does evil. Jesus comes to rescue us despite the fact that we wander off, and that is, we commit sins and sometimes evil acts. This is at great cost to himself. Further, he brings us back to the right path. Therefore, he protects us and meets us with love and hope in our sin and carries us home. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Shepherds carry a weapon called a rod to protect the sheep from predators, including bears and lions, evil that wishes to attack them, thus laying down his life for the flock at possibly great cost. And then when we think about Jesus, we see how high this cost was. His staff gently guides the way and rescues young lambs when they falter. These objects in the hands of our good shepherd bring peace and quiet joy to the flock. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Despite evil surrounding the flock, our good shepherd treats the lost sheep as royalty, acting as both father and mother, host and hostess. The shepherd prepares a spiritual banquet of love and healing, bringing rebirth. Recall Jesus feeding the 5,000? This happened as Herod had killed John the Baptist, casting a shadow of grief over Jesus' public ministry. As he prepared the meal, which in traditional culture is the female role, with a blessing from the Father, he had all of them sit down on the grass in the pasture. Jesus was revealing himself as the Good Shepherd, unified in spirit, performing as a father and mother for the lost sheep. You can see this in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. You have anointed my head with oil. When this happened, anointing has many meanings. And in this case, Jesus anoints the lost sheep. So again, the Bible has many instances of anointing. It's done to show official high office as king, or a sign of deep respect in a meal gathering, or Jesus' anointing by a woman prior to crucifixion. When we meditate on the totality of all of these images, we see Jesus both announcing his view of our royalty and meaning to him, and calling us to follow him in the journey of sacrifice and service. If you would like to look into these passages, check out Matthew 26, verses 16 through 13, Mark 14, verses 3 through 9, Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50, and John 12, verses 1 through 8. My cup overflows. Remembering the good shepherd has found us, prepared us, and a meal and anointed our heads with oil. This verse, we can understand the awe and disbelief of what Jesus wants for all of us. All of who we are, heart, mind, body, and soul, can feel incredibly loved and full. King David was visualizing a banquet where servants kept his wine glass full without even his asking. Remember, David is the one who authored Psalm 23. That is the care and attention implied by this scripture of the Good Shepherd. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life. With loyalty to Jesus, our Good Shepherd, friend, and king, 
we will not need to worry that evil is stalking us. Instead, we can rejoice that his goodness, that is, beautiful kindness, rightness, and moral presence, and mercy, which is typified by loving kindness and embracing us despite our evil, are close as we walk the steps of our journey. And my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Again, all that we are, body, mind, heart, and spirit, will rest with God as we live out our days in this life and look forward to the coming glory of eternity. As we talk about this, we will see that Jesus is the door to the pasture, another metaphor for the kingdom of heaven. And thus we see how deeply the good shepherd idea flows in the New Testament verses. So now we need to look at one last aspect of the good shepherd. This is uh, from John 21, verses 12 through 19. So this is after Peter's betrayal. And notice the many levels of the good shepherd that are operating in this story. So Jesus prepares the meal at the side of the lake. And the sheep knew his voice, and they followed him back to the, uh, back to the shore. And by the way, water is the sense of chaos. So the disciples were found overlying the chaos, and Jesus told them where to find fish, showing that he had control over the chaos, and then he prepared the meal. So then we can see that he is still acting in the spirit of the good shepherd. And then finally, let's focus on the spiritual food Jesus is giving Peter. Again, Peter knows and has wept bitterly that he has failed Jesus three times. So Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this he said to him, Follow me. So what we are seeing with Peter is this imperfect human who failed in the loyalty test and is now being placed in charge of the sheep. Did you catch that? So human failure does not tell us that we cannot be good shepherds. So what's different now is the lost sheep has become a good shepherd now that he has experienced the divine version of undeserved forgiveness and can now love other imperfect people with the same type of love. A very hard lesson, but one that resonates with every parent who feels like a failure or is dealing with some type of shame. So we're going back to our slide 
that has all of the I am statements. And so now we know much better the context of the Good Shepherd. But what else did Jesus say in his I am statements? That he was the bread of life. Remember, the Good Shepherd fed the thousands bread and fish. So that is part of the Good Shepherd metaphor. The way, the truth, and the life. Remember, the Good Shepherd will rescue the lost sheep at great cost and lead them back along the way of righteousness. So again, we see another phrase that is tied to the Good Shepherd idea. The gate of the sheepfold. Remember, we talked about the kingdom of heaven being the sheepfold, the place that sheep are safe at nighttime. And so the shepherd traditionally will lay in the front of this um, so that sheep don't get out and predators don't get in during the day. So again, we see another aspect of the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life. So this punctuates Jesus's specific journey as the good shepherd, where he lays down his life for the sheep. So much has been taught about the fact that Jesus died for our sins, but we have to pull the lens back and realize that Jesus hanging on the cross was part of his journey as the good shepherd. So we really don't see the the full view of the cross without understanding the good shepherd. The light of the world is another thing that Jesus's um, I am statements revealed. So we'll talk about this a little bit more in just a minute, but when God was shepherding the people of Israel through the desert, he was a pillar of light at night. And so this does link back to the good shepherd metaphor. And then finally, Jesus says he is the true vine. So this idea links back to the tree of life. And that we see both in Genesis, Psalm 1, Revelation, um, is another metaphor. So then we can see this completed journey of Jesus being the good shepherd and the tree of life, which again lies at the the center of much of the teaching and the approach that Little Pieces Club takes um, to helping children, teens, and parents. So where do we see the good shepherd operating? So once you see the pattern, it's very hard to unsee it. And the first question that I want to ask and um, or to address, though, is can women be good shepherds? And the answer that is very clear throughout Scripture, and this is probably, this conflicts with much Western church doctrine, and that is all you have to do is go to the Middle East and see that um, girls can be good shepherds. Usually uh, they do it in pairs due to safety, but it's very clear that girls can be good shepherds. So first of all, remember the pillar of fire in the desert, and that is the light in the dark. And this was another earlier version of God actually living out the idea of the good shepherd. One thing that we haven't talked about is that there are two types of shepherds. One that leads from the front and another that leads from the back. Those from the back are constantly guiding the sheep and pushing them along. So it is um, throughout the biblical holy lands, 
the predominant version of a good uh, of shepherding is where the shepherd leads ahead of the sheep and they follow. So again, the metaphor overlaps with life. So remember when I mentioned females can be good shepherds. Um, one of my favorite stories um, in recent years has become the book of Esther, where Esther puts herself at risk to save the Jewish community. So in essence, as the leader, she is acting out the good shepherd. And it's also a great analogy of the Ezer Konegdo, uh, which is another very deep um, Hebraic um, concept. And it goes without saying that we've been focusing on Jesus as the good shepherd. And so much of his journey can be seen through this idea. Um, we only scratch the surface today in this podcast. So remember that you have um, much more of his journey that will just pop with good shepherd, um, uh, with good shepherd imagery. So another part of... Uh, scripture that just popped out at me. And this is somewhat of a trauma-informed idea, but it, just the word of scripture can act like a good shepherd. And in this particular sense, it is the, um, the word itself can reach people where they're at. So if we follow this metaphor for just a minute, Someone who's been traumatized, abused, neglected, they can actually feel like dirt. That's a very common, of course, phrase that we use. And so when you're first reading about the first humans, the, the word Adam or humanity means of the earth or even more simply dirt creature. And so think of this as the word meeting somebody where they're at. Well, you think you're made of dirt? Well, guess what? God made um, humanity from dirt. So the way you feel isn't too far off. But then very quickly we see in the story that God breathed his own spirit into that dirt and then metaphorically formed that dirt into clay, which was to bear the image of the creator himself. So you see how even the word can meet someone in their depth of, um, of dark spirit and begin to lead them along the path of righteousness. Now, another thing that I've noticed as we think of about old, um, old Hebrew scripture um, cosmology or how they saw the unseen world even, oftentimes there's an overlap between the, the origin stories of, say, the Mesopotamians and others. And biblical scholars and uh, have, and um, even atheists have criticized the fact that the Bible has, um, is so like other stories that it, it sort of implies that it's not, um, uh, it, it's not wholly a divinely inspired book. But if you interpret these passages through the idea of the good shepherd, then it makes a lot more sense that this is there. So a Mesopotamian might hear a very similar, say, flood narrative um, and then pay attention and then be led to the uh, Hebrew scripture ideas and or 
you know, what we would think of in Judeo-Christian circles as the right path. So again, even the word of God in this way acts as a good shepherd. So again, it just adds to the depth and mystery of the concepts and how the ancient scriptures uh, really worked. And then again, um, uh, speaking about females, Mother Teresa was probably one of the most profoundly well-known good shepherds um, in the later, the latter half of the 20th century. Um, a person who has done a lot of work in terms of uh, trauma-based parenting and connection-based parenting is Karen Purvis. And all you have to do is read a few things from her, and you know very well that she was a good shepherd. And I also want to point out the fact that women as um, uh, mothers are being good shepherds of their children. So as we're kind of uncovering uh, or maybe peeling back layers of, um, you know, modern feminism that look at uh, domesticity and child raising as um, less than um, and not, uh, I guess, uh, lesser pursuits and not um, uh, worthy of, you know, a high pay or anything like that. If, if we switch our thinking back to um, the way the Hebrew culture thought of it, um, this role was so important to building the morals of society. Um, and so you can look at this good shepherd role as a divine role within the home. And again, everyone in the, our modern context can take these ideas and apply them um, how it best makes sense for their individual families. But I just bring it up to make sure that we don't undervalue this idea of parenting as being a good shepherd. So in pop culture, um, we can even take a step back and realize some things really do um, make for good stories. Um, a recent Netflix series on uh, paranormal investigations shows this idea of going at great risk to the lost souls in the hauntings that were talked about and then helping them get back on the right path. So you're actually seeing the Good Shepherd metaphor lived out um, as uh, these paranormal specialists try to help these uh, lost souls on the show. Um, and then any movie you watch where someone's in trouble and we see, say, the hero at great risk to themselves go rescue a lost sheep, um, we see this motif operating uh, far and wide. So just be alert for this design pattern in your life and daily experiences. So now, specifically to parenting, especially in the setting of divorce and relational chaos, um, we're going to spend a little bit of time focusing on that before we wrap up today's episode. So first off, know your sheep. This is so you can speak their language and they can hear you. And so that is in the midst of fighting, chaos, divorce, uh, possibly having less money for a while, the uncertainty, the need for processing grief, 
All of these things could be operating in your children's hearts and minds. So know that that is happening and that will help you um, uh, reach them when they seem to be unreachable. And remember this idea of connection-based parenting. Karen Purvis um, uh, has several books out that help this, but it's the importance of eye contact, of staying close to your children, for talking in conversational and supportive tones, but also being able to keep good rules in place for them uh, because they need that to feel safe. Next is feed your sheep. So above physical nourishment, which is obvious, and that should not be overlooked as an important aspect of parenting, which is making sure kids have regular, nutritious, and wholesome food as one of the routines of life. And remember to provide it to them, but don't force them to eat it. But next, let's turn to spiritual nourishment, and that is guiding them through the cycle of grief and growth but also looking out for parental alienation syndrome and the divorced children's bill of rights, making sure that they are experiencing those types of things. So restoring children's souls means leading through grief and growth. And that doesn't, and and you may be a good shepherd that is grieving yourself. And that is something that you can lead your children through. You don't want to give them the impression that they are responsible for you getting through grief, but sharing with them small aspects of your grief and what you're doing to stay healthy is extremely important in being a good shepherd for them. And remembering simply just establishing routines and good structures is important. And next, remembering the fact that curiosity is relational and judgment is toxic. So remember that we want to set down rules with connection, love, and logic, and that will help feed them very well. Next is guiding your sheep. So Little Pieces Club Ministries has um, this idea of the private and public Christian journey. So this is to help you um, understand those journeys so that you can help your children understand those journeys. So having the skill to have relationships is one of the paths that you want to take them on so that they can marry and be successful if they wish and are not afraid of marriage, like many kids can be in the settings of toxic marriages that lead into divorce. Part of this also includes being able to read other people and make sure that you can see trustworthiness and integrity in them. Next, as we guide kids, Remember, there is a dark valley or the dark night of the soul. And again, connected to a grief journey, you going through this and living through it on the other side, staying loyal to God will help them do the same thing. And again, we lead from the front so that sheep can follow. And that is different than cajoling and pushing and pushing. That's a different type of shepherding that's not the good shepherd type. And so don't forget to let them catch up from time to time and always remember to hug them and do something um, that acknowledges uh, that they have done uh, well in being able to keep up with the Good Shepherd. So remember running in the background, um, and this is on the YouTube video, is this idea of the greatest blessings slide where we love God and others as ourselves. 
and the created world as part of our identity. But to help us do that, we need to understand that love is patient and kind. This idea of hopeful waiting. Um, Grief is important that leads to forgiveness. And when we are listening deeply to other people and letting them affect us, that is submission. And then when we are doing right by other people, including God, that is right relationship. And that we are living out the ideas of justice and then also um, always striving to have wisdom. These are key foundations to um, living out the greatest blessings. And so those are the principles that we hope to be uh, pointing our children towards as we're guiding them. So next, as parenting as good shepherds, is to protect your sheep. So the question is, what are we protecting our sheep from? Number one, er evil lurks everywhere. And recall, as we read through the Good Shepherd in the context, that evil is constantly trying to go after the flock as it moves. But the Good Shepherd has tools that help guide and protect the sheep. So one of those is faith in God. One of the resilience factors that we can talk about um, is that uh, relationship with God is a tremendous resilience factor that helps protect children from a lot of the ways that they can be led astray on earth. And so we're always trying to look out for the best interests in a specific way as possible. And that means in the divorce setting, co-parenting in a stress-free and a conflict-free way as possible. Understanding um, the games that uh, both parents and kids play And we reviewed those in a previous podcast. And then also making sure that we avoid parental alienation syndrome. Next, as Good Shepherd parents, we empower our sheep. So remember, evil feeds on fear and shame. Resilience depends on children feeling that there is deep value in them, despite the mistakes that they make. So we anoint their heads with oil, and that is we treat them with dignity while teaching them responsibility, self-awareness, and care of others. And again, Karen Purvis's Connected Children books um, or Connection-Based Parenting is extremely important in showing this value without doing a lot of the cajoling, the nagging um, that other win-lose type parenting strategies often will show. The final thing that I want to add in uh, Good Shepherd-based parenting is to challenge your sheep. While it's not necessarily spelled out in the Good Shepherd, challenge is part of our relationship with God and Jesus. And remember that Peter denied Jesus, but then Jesus challenged Peter to become a better example and feed Jesus's sheep. And much of this comes from this idea of the Ezer Konegdo, And we've talked about that a little bit in the past, but this is, again, the challenging helper that when two people form a relationship around challenge, that both grow um, more than they could than uh, if they were simply on their own. And so as parents, we are called to challenge our children. And unfortunately, children are excellent at making you feel guilty about this. So remember that there is a difference between challenge and dehumanizing parenting. And so 
No matter the dynamics, a marriage that fails in full view of the children is a blow to their resiliency. But it is a challenge for you and them that is not insurmountable. So remember that, yes, divorce is challenging. It is a stress, but it is not a stress that cannot be overcome. So hopefully we continue to share with you um, ideas that just help you know what you're up against and bring you hope that um, it's not going to be a permanent problem for your children, and it shouldn't be. So just a reminder that um, we've now kind of gone along this road of the Good Shepherd for quite a while, and we remember that our journey begins as lost sheep and that we are rescued by the Good Shepherd, that we then learn to be shepherds and then good shepherds, and then not only are we good shepherds, but we are trees of life with tremendous beauty in them, deep roots, um, amazing trunk and branches that produce fruit and flowers that draw more people um, to the right path. So this idea of good shepherd and tree of life is the basic, I, the basic identity that Jesus shared uh, in his I am statements. So then we can then realize that God is a good shepherd and a tree of life. Jesus is a manifestation of that. And when we are trying to decide if God is trustworthy, what about God's character draws us to him, hopefully this idea of good shepherd is just that. So giving you an idea of a journal activity. So only you and God are experts in your own life. So meditate deeply and often about how you can be a good shepherd to your children and to other people in your life. So spend some time either walking and contemplating or even journaling about being a good shepherd. We made it to our Lectio Divina verse today. We're going to focus on John chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, which is another aspect of the good shepherd idea. I'm going to read it through and we'll then pick out our word or phrase that we're going to focus on today. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I think we're going to focus on just as the father knows me and I know the father. And the idea here is that this intimate connection between Jesus and the father is the same connection that we have to Jesus and the Father. And so we'll reflect on the importance of this idea as we move through Lectio today. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So then as we respond to this idea what I'm feeling is this very deep sense of connection and, again, attachment is what we're focused on in these uh, last two podcasts. So I'm just um, feeling grateful for that connection that we have with the Father through Jesus. So I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And so the last time through, we get to rest. And as we do this, I realize that Jesus laid down his life for me, 
And yet there is this intimate connection that I have with him and the Father. And this just helps fill my soul with um, a message that helps me counteract this idea that I'm flawed, that I'm a problem, and that I have shame. And so, last time through we rest like we are the sheep in the pasture who have just received spiritual food and we place our head on the lap of our good shepherd. So I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So now we get to close this podcast. And again, I thank you for spending time with us. And I hope that the length of the podcast just brings you a closer connection with God and it helps flow into how you parent your children through a tough time in life. You're not alone, and I just pray that this information helps strengthen you and bring you love so that you can give your children and your family. Dear Heavenly Father, despite our chaos, Lord, we know you are in control. We are so blessed that you are our good shepherd. Many of us deep down indeed feel just like lost sheep, and we pray for rescue, for a voice to call to us and one that we can trust. Lord, rescue us so that we may know how to do the same for others, including our children. Saturate our minds with the imagery and love you have for all of your lost and chaotic sheep. Protect us from the evil, selfishness, and hatred of the world. Lead us to the path of curiosity, not judgment, where we fall more and more deeply in love with your character. Remind us, Lord, that we that you see no shame in our true natures. Help us see with those eyes so that we can expand your kingdom by loving others and ourselves as you do. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you again for spending time with us. We are Little Pieces Club Ministries, and we look forward next time to diving into the tree of life.